Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Everyday Trainer Podcast. My name is Megan, and I am a dog trainer. So on today's episode, I'm going to talk with you about puppies. Puppies are my favorite type of dog to train. I guess that's a type of dog, right? It's an age of dog. Um, Yeah, puppies are my favorite dogs to train. I feel like uh, they're kind of ignored in the dog training world. I think a lot of trainers focus on fixing dogs with bad behaviors, whereas I like to focus on preventing those bad behaviors from ever even happening, and that starts in puppyhood. So in this episode, I'm going to walk you through the 10 puppy truths, the 10 things that I wish I knew when I had a puppy and that I see a lot of my owners really struggle with. And then I'm also going to walk through some questions that I got asked on Instagram to hopefully clarify what it really means to raise a puppy. Um... So yeah, this is going to be a great episode. I love talking about puppies. I love training puppies. If I could only be a puppy trainer, I mean, that would be ideal. I just, there's so much work that you can do in the early stages of the dog's life that will just make your life so much easier instead of just struggling for a long time. So grab yourself a tasty drink. I'm drinking a chai latte during this episode. So grab your drink, grab a snack, and sit back and enjoy. All right, welcome back. So, I'm going to jump right back into things. Um, Puppies are probably, like, any kind of puppy question is, like, the most frequent question that I get, especially on Instagram, um, especially people who are reaching out to me, and a lot of people will ignore my advice and then come to me later in the dog's life and be like, oh my god, I don't know what happened, but I have this wild dog and... I don't know what to do with it. So I like puppies because there's, I already mentioned this, but there's so much work that can be done in the beginning of the dog's life that can really set the dog up for success and prevent a lot of the bad behaviors from developing. So a lot of the behaviors that trainers help owners work through can be prevented in the early stages of the dog, depending on like how old you get the dog and all of that kind of jazz. So My first puppy tip is treat your puppy how you want your adult dog to be. I see so often owners will just pick up their puppy when they want their puppy to move over towards something or instead of teaching their dog how to come when called, they'll just walk over and pick the puppy up or instead of the teaching teaching the dog how to go into the crate, they'll simply just pick the puppy up and put the puppy in the crate. That's good and fine, and it works while the puppy is young, but you're not actually teaching the dog how to do those things on its own. So when given the option, the puppy's not going to do those things on their own. Why would they? Uh, So a big thing for me is I reward puppies for everything. I reward using their food. Um, Pretty much all dogs that come to me for training just get rewarded with their daily kibble. Uh... There's something to be said for a dog that works for something that it needs versus something that it wants. So your puppy and your dog needs to eat. So use that to your advantage. Um, Make sure that you're using your food throughout your day and rewarding all of those good behaviors and teach your puppy how to do them on their own. So if you're teaching your puppy how to go into the crate, you can lure your puppy into the crate with a piece of food in your hand. Um, If you're teaching your puppy to come towards you, you can lure the puppy to you with food. I do a lot of work like that to get the puppy to move towards me or climb over a surface or just go where I want the puppy to go. So in the early stages of training, a lot of it is just getting the puppy to move with me, to move in a direction with me, to follow my lead and overcome any obstacles. So 
I'm going to completely call out my roommate <laughs> right now. Um, he has a Border Collie Australian Shepherd mix. And this dog is super, super smart, as you can imagine. Uh, his name is Jack. He's a little over six months old now. So he's a big boy. He's bigger than both of my Goldens, both of my Zoe and Lucy. Zoe's like 75 pounds. So she's like a pretty big Golden. And Jack is much taller than her. So he's going to be a big boy. But he still is in that puppy mentality where he won't do anything on his own. Um, because he never has to. He's either like, I don't want to say pushed because not really pushed, but he'll be like uh, dragged into another room with the leash or by his collar or dragged to wherever he wants to go. And so, of course, <laughs> he's not going to um, like do what you want him to do because he wasn't really taught how to follow through. Um, and this is no hate on my roommate. This is a thing that I see with a lot of people is instead of teaching the dog how to do the things on their own, they're like, oh, it's just easier to pick up the dog and put them where I want them or to guide them using their collar or, you know. So I just really want you to focus on the day the puppy goes home, you want to teach them how to do all of those things and not coddle them and not carry them everywhere. They need to walk on the leash. They need to walk alongside you. They need to come when called because all of those little things that you practice with the puppy in the early stages is what's going to create the adult dog. So if you have to get up and like grab your dog's collar to get them to come towards you, then that's not going to change until you change it yourself. I don't know if that makes any sense, but <laughs> that's one thing that I see a lot of people do. I think the biggest thing is like the crate. People won't pick or people won't like guide their dog into the crate or use the leash to guide their dog into the crate they will simply either like grab their dog and put their dog in the crate or like grab their collar and bring them wherever they need to go but that's not really teaching the dog how to do those things on its own so you want to teach the puppy how to navigate life on their own and the thing about puppies is when we get them which is typically like three to four months they are fully functioning little beings. Um, they are not like human babies. And so when we carry them around like human babies, they're going to grow up and be that way. They're not going to want to go downstairs or uh, walk into the crate on their own because they're used to being coddled. But it's just because of how we view them. We view them as like these tiny babies. And so we think that they can't walk over that rock or walk over that grate or go into the crate on their own. So we just do everything for them. And then before you know it, you have a 70 pound, <laughs> seven month old who doesn't do things on their own. So treat your puppy how you want your adult dog to be. All right, the second thing, and I think this is the most important, is crate training. Um, first of all, I don't know how you train a puppy without the crate. I mean, I do, but I imagine that would just be exhausting because it's important for us to be able to take time away from our puppies because if we don't, we'll have a very clingy, clingy dog. So to give you a little background of just how dogs exist, dogs are pack animals. And so it's very natural for them to want to cling to us and to follow us around the house and to want to go everywhere that we want to go. But the problem is our lives don't function in a way that allow for that kind of behavior all the time. And so we need to prepare our dogs for what our lives look like, which means we take showers and we uh, have to go grocery shopping. Like we have to go places without the dog. And so we need to teach the dog how to be independent on their own. And that starts with crate training. So Think of the crate as the safest place for your puppy to go while you're not actively watching them. Um, I think this is another one of the biggest things that I see owners 
not do enough of is they'll say, oh, I'm crate training, I'm crate training, but they may only do it for a few hours a day. And then the rest of the time the puppy is out and wreaking havoc and just like getting into things. So you don't want that. You want a puppy who doesn't have to be constantly entertained. You want a puppy who has an offset switch, who is able to settle and kind of calm down. Most dogs don't need help getting more excited and like getting super amped up. That's not where most dogs struggle with. Most dogs struggle to settle. And so we want to make sure that we're practicing that as soon as we can in the puppy's life to prepare them for adulthood. Crating is also really important because it's a safe place for your dog. Um, If you're not actively watching them, they need to be in the crate because puppies get into things and it's going to cost you a lot of money in vet bills if they get a hold of something that they're not supposed to and could possibly hurt and make your dog sick. So don't feel bad for your puppy. Don't think, oh my gosh, I feel so bad that she's in the crate. If you're fulfilling your puppy and you're fulfilling all her needs for exercise and mental stimulation and making sure that they're getting enough potty breaks, then there's absolutely no reason why the dog can't spend its day in the crate. Um, I like to get the dog on or get the puppy on a crate schedule. So what I usually do is I'll walk through like this process with owners and I'll just have them write down their schedule, tell me, okay, what is your day typically look like? Like what is going on? What time do you wake up? What time do you go to bed? And then we can plan the crate schedule around there. So for puppies who are really young, I would say, uh, three, four, yeah, three or four months old, two, three, four months old. Um, you want to make the time in the crate pretty short just because they have to go out pretty frequently. Um, So if you have a puppy who's like two months old, they're going to have to go potty every couple hours. So you need to make a crate schedule that reflects that. So it's typically wake up in the morning, we take the puppy out, uh, they get to go potty, we go for a walk, the puppy goes back into the crate, either they get fed or we can do a training session with them with their food. Immediately after eating, they'll go back outside to go potty and then they go back in the crate. Then again, mid-morning, probably one or two hours later, let the puppy out immediately to go potty, take them for a walk, play with them or train them, and then they go back in the crate. And so you want to make the time out of the crate really valuable. Um, If you're doing it right, you will wear the puppy out in like, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes. So... um, Just make the time out of the crate really valuable. It's going to be so much better to have time out of the crate that is spent doing something productive versus having a whole bunch of time out of the crate, but the puppy is kind of doing whatever it wants to do or is walking around and you're not really focused on the puppy. So anytime you're not actively engaging with your puppy, they need to be in the crate. Uh, This does more than safety, but it really does teach your dog how to chill out. And it all starts with the crate. So like place work, which places essentially um, a bed that you designate for your dog to just go and hang out and chill. And they'll go and sit there on the bed and they know that they can't get off until they're released. So the crate is essentially the puppy version of that. So with the bed, there's no walls. So the dog has to practice impulse control. Puppies typically can't handle that like they're just not mature enough for that yet. So the crate is that downtime. The crate is that time for the puppy to really hang out and relax. So most of the puppy's day is going to be spent in the crate. And when they're not in the crate, they need to be on a leash with you or you need to be actively engaged with them. The goal is to prevent any bad behaviors from developing, like finding a pee corner or chewing your shoes or chewing your furniture. If you can't see your puppy, just assume they're doing something you don't like. All right. Number three, which I already kind of said this. Uh, If you aren't watching your puppy, assume they are doing something bad. 
that one's pretty simple. So this is why I love the crate. Uh, puppies are puppies and they're going to chew things. They just don't know. They don't know what is theirs versus what is yours. Um, one thing that you can do to make that really clear is limit the amount of toys that your puppy gets. So designate a couple toys each day that your puppy is allowed to chew on. You can rotate out toys, but keep it very simple and Set your puppy up for success. If you leave them in a room with a whole bunch of cho of toys and shoes and furniture, they're not going to be able to differentiate between their toy versus your shoe. So if you leave them with too many options, you leave, you're setting them up to possibly make a mistake. And we don't want that because puppy training is all about prevention. So if you aren't actively watching them, just assume that they are doing something bad. So Put them in the crate if you're not watching them or have them on leash tethered to you. All right, next thing. Number four, socialization. So pretty much everything that I do with puppies is socializing. Now, when I say socializing, I understand what a lot of people think. People think socializing is dog parks and puppy classes. And I'm here to tell you, no, do not do those things. Um, so the problem that I have with puppy classes is it basically just teaches your puppy to get super excited around other dogs. Um, it's a really formative age for puppies. Uh, and if they spend those formative months and weeks around other dogs and getting really excited around other dogs, then that's going to be a tough behavior to undo later on. So what I focus on is teaching the dog how to be neutral around everything. I want the puppy to be neutral around other dogs. I want the puppy to be neutral around loud cars. I want the puppy to be neutral in uh, stores, in restaurants, in as many places and environments as possible. So I always focus on socializing the puppy as much as possible in the first nine months of the dog's life, because I've found that if you can teach the puppy to be super chill around distractions and around loud noises, then they're going to be chill in the house because if they can hang out and relax around all of that wildness that's out in the world, then it's going to be really easy for them to relax in the house when there's not as much going on. So a lot of the adult dogs that I work with uh, have behavioral issues that typically stem from under socialization or fearfulness. Basically, the dog wasn't taught how to be neutral around distractions, and so they either get super excited around them or they become fearful and react. So socialize your puppy. Don't take them to dog parks. Um, I mean, hopefully you've listened to my other podcasts and I've talked about dog parks, but dog parks are not a good place to take puppies. Uh, just don't take any dogs to dog parks. They're really gross. It causes reactivity issues. It's not a natural place for your dog to interact with other dogs. If you want to have your puppy interact with other dogs, which I do think is important and like play and all of that is very important in development, find someone with a dog that you trust. Find a friend, find a neighbor, and just ask if you can bring your puppy around them in a safe, supervised environment. So Dog parks and doggy daycares and these puppy classes are just not safe places because they're not really supervised. Um, they focus on teaching the dog to be super amped up and super excited around other dogs, where our focus should more be around creating a neutral dog. Because I promise it's not going to be difficult if you want your dog to get more excited around those things. It's going to be really easy to teach your dog to get excited, but what's not going to be easy and what's not going to come naturally to your dog is just hanging out and being neutral. So that's what socialization is. It's not just your dog having other dog friends. It is teaching your dog to exist in the world that you live in. So if you plan on taking your dog to restaurants, take your puppy to restaurants. If you plan on traveling with your puppy, take your puppy in the car and take your puppy on a bus and get your puppy exposed to all of these different modes of travel so that when they're an adult dog, it's easy peasy and your dog is just super cool about it. 
All right. Uh, so that leads me into my next one, which is stay away from box store puppy classes and dog parks. Again, I already mentioned this. I'm so good. I'm hitting all my topics. Um, so box store puppy classes are not the move. Uh, <laughs> the trainers there aren't super educated. And like I said, you're basically just practicing getting the dogs super amped up around other dogs and so in those puppies in those puppy classes it's basically like let's sit around in a circle and like teach the puppy sit and so the puppy is like distracted by all of these other like puppies sitting around it and you're trying to like teach them obedience commands uh, I don't like teaching obedience commands that early on. You can, but it's not going to solve your problems. And I feel that a lot of owners think that that's what training is like teaching your dog to sit and lay down and like, look at you, which is important. And those things are really valuable, but it's not going to create a calm, confident puppy. And that is always my goal when I'm training puppies is I want a calm, confident adult dog. I'm always going to focus on building confidence over obedience. And that is actually my next one. So a lot of these box store puppy classes focus on obedience training just because obedience training is honestly easy to run through the movements. And it's easy for us to be like, okay, today we're going to work on sit. And then you can teach the puppy sit. And it's easy for people to see like, oh, my puppy did sit. So it's like a tangible result. Um, whereas the type of training that I do, the results aren't as tangible and I have kind of struggled with that in my business. Um, so the, the biggest training that I do with puppies is daily training. So daily training for me is me and one of my trainers will go to your house. We work with the puppy for an hour each day, Monday through Friday, uh, you get weekly or you get bi-weekly reports weeks one and three to kind of keep you in loop on the training. And then weeks two and four, we do one-on-one -on -one sessions with the owners and the puppy there. So that's more of like the leash handling skills. And we walk you through what your routine should look like. So the biggest focus for me during a month of puppy training is socializing the puppy, getting the, the puppy to be confident out around distractions, getting the puppy to understand what leash pressure means. And then the second biggest focus for me is teaching the owner what their lifestyle needs to look like. Um, for me, that is walking through the door, ignoring your puppy until they're nice and calm, and then you can let them out of the crate. Um, just practicing calm behavior throughout your day, uh, creating the dog when you're not watching them. They're not just allowed to run around and do whatever they want. Um, having them pause at thresholds. All of those things are going to create a calm dog. And then out in public, we can build confidence by getting the puppy to climb up on things like park benches or walk across gravel or mulch or grates in the, in the concrete. Like all of those things are new and scary to puppies. So when we teach them how to overcome their fear, we teach them how to problem solve. And that's really what we want from our dogs. We want to teach them how to problem solve because when our dogs don't know how to problem solve, they're going to shut down. And if you have an adult dog who is never taught how to problem solve, when they see a problem, they're going to do two things, fight or flight. So your dog's either going to try to run away from it or your dog will try to fight it. So if you have a confident dog, then random things aren't seen as threats. That random guy that's walking down the street isn't seem, seen as a threat because you've taught your dog how to be neutral about around a bunch of different things. So train confidence before obedience. Like I said, everything is going to revolve around building a confident puppy, but also a calm puppy. So we want calm confidence before obedience. What I see a lot of people do is they jump right into like, I want a trained puppy. I'm going to do uh, exercise with it every day. We're going to do sit. We're going to do down. We're going to use our marker words. We're going to do all of these things, which I think is super great. And I'm not telling you not to do those things, but I'm telling you that uh, all of this fun obedience work isn't actually necessary to having a calm, confident dog. 
So train confidence before obedience. And that's why I don't really like those puppy classes because basically it's just training obedience. And I don't think that's what you should be focusing on that stage of your dog's life. Now, the next thing, I don't even know what number we're on. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're on number seven. Practice doing nothing. I don't care what this looks like. This could be crate time. This could be having the puppy tied next to you on a leash. This could be just having the puppy lay on a little bed. But you have to teach your dog how to do nothing. This is a huge part of dog training that I think often does not get shown because it's very boring. (laughs) And a lot of what dog trainers do is we teach dogs how to be okay doing nothing because not very many dogs are okay doing nothing. It's very difficult for them to sit still and relax because they were never taught how to do it. So you want to start at the earliest age possible and teach your puppy how to just hang out and relax. Uh, For me, that is crate time. The crate is the time for that puppy to take a nap, kind of go and relax, go in their little den. And I don't want you to think of the crate as a bad thing. Think about if someone walked up to you and was like, hey, I have this really dark, cozy space. Do you want to go take a nap for a couple hours? I would be like, oh my God, yes, of course I do. Like, that sounds great. So that's what we want to do for our puppies. Um, I know it can be very difficult at first, especially in the early stages of crate training because your puppy is going to cry. Uh, For me, it typically takes about three days for the dog to learn that the crate time is settle time and crying and whining is not going to get them released from the crate. So what a lot of people do is they think, oh yeah, I'm going to crate train. And then they crate their dog and then the dog cries and then the dog cries and dog cries and they get annoyed and they get upset and then they take the puppy out. And so what that puppy learns is, okay, I was whining, I was crying, and then I got released. And so then the puppy's going to do it again. And then you're going to be like, nope, this time I'm not going to let the puppy out. We're going to wait until this puppy settles down. But the last time the puppy learned this whining got me out of the crate. So the puppy's going to whine even longer and the puppy's going to try even harder to get out of the crate. So teach your puppy early on that overly excited behavior is not going to get them freedom. It is not going to get them released from the crate. It is not going to get them affection. Affection is a huge reward for our puppies. And I know it's super hard to not just love on them and snuggle them all day long. But if you're snuggling your dog all day long, you're creating a dog that relies on your physical touch and your affection all day long. And when they don't have it, they become very insecure. So be mindful of affection as well. So the crate is the really like perfect opportunity, especially with puppies to practice doing nothing. And as I mentioned earlier, it also creates that space between you and the puppy. You're teaching your puppy how to be independent on their own. You're teaching them how to just hang out in the crate, which will be valuable if you ever have to travel or not be with your puppy or take them to the groomer. They're going to have to be in the crate. So you need to make sure that the crate isn't a like stressful experience for them. And so that starts at home. So don't take your puppy out of the crate if they are whining or barking. You need to make sure that you're waiting for the dog's mental state to settle before you release them out. So you want to teach them that calm puppy gets freedom. A calm puppy gets affection. And now this isn't on my list, um, but another kind of component that goes into that is be cautious and mindful of strangers petting your puppy. If your puppy is super, super pumped up to see a stranger and then they bend down and, oh my gosh, look at this cute little puppy and give all kinds of affection and baby voices, then the puppy is going to learn that that excited behavior got that affection. And that's just how dogs work. Affection is a reward. It elicits all of those really feel-good hormones that gets a dog to do a behavior again. And it doesn't always look like excitement 
for puppies. Um, for example, I have a puppy here right now that came to me for fearfulness and I actually don't think that the puppy is very fearful. I think the puppy has just been conditioned that uh, showing the signs of fearfulness, which is like the tail between the legs and like looking up and kind of looking sad, gets it some kind of affection. So the first couple days that this puppy was here with me, I didn't play into that. And then immediately the puppy was like, oh, okay, that doesn't get me what I want. And now I'm seeing a confident bossy puppy. Whereas before in the first couple days and with the owners, the puppy was displaying these really fearful tendencies. And I really do think that it was just conditioned because when we see a puppy acting that way, it's very natural for us to be like, oh, it's okay. And like, oh, everything's okay. But all that is teaching the puppy is that, oh, when I act like this, I get this kind of attention. So just don't even feed into that and be mindful of when your puppy is getting affection, who you allow to give your puppy affection. Don't just let uh, Susie, the neighbor, run up and pet your puppy every time because then when you have a grown adult dog who's like 70 pounds pulling at the end of the leash, you're going to have a dog that's overly excited or is displaying behaviors that you might not necessarily want because it was reinforced by this person giving your puppy affection. So while I suggest you socialize your puppy and get your puppy used to being around people and being around kids and being around other dogs, I want you to focus more on creating a neutral dog around those things instead of like trying to make everything the most positive experience because then you end up just rewarding states, mental states that you don't necessarily want to reward. All right, my next thing, what are we at? Number eight, number eight, structure now equals more freedom later on. So what does structure look like for puppies? A crate schedule, keeping a leash on in the house, no free roaming, um, no off leash time. I recommend getting a long lead. So a long lead is essentially just a really long leash. I use 15 foot leashes for that. Um, use that anytime the dog is out in the backyard or is out in the front or anytime you want to mimic off leash. Your puppy might come to you at first when they're in that young, very naive, cute, adorable infant stage. And then once they get a little bit older and they realize that they have that freedom, they may take it as an opportunity to run away. The thing about our puppies running away is it's typically a self-reinforcing behavior. So this is something that I struggled a lot with with Lucy was she ran away all the time. And I say this now and it sounds so funny to me because I can't imagine having a dog that would run away. But like... <laughs> she would take any opportunity that she could to run away. And she was very sneaky about it. But it was because running full speed in direction of a forest is the most rewarding thing for Lucy. And so no matter how hard I tried calling her, no matter like what treats I had, she would not come back to me because it was a self-reinforcing behavior. So when you first get your puppy, you're like, oh, they're really good off leash. And then once your puppy starts to understand that they have that freedom and they get that first little taste of running away, then it's going to be a lot harder to break that habit of the puppy running away because it reinforces itself. So keep the puppy on a long lead, even if you're not actively holding on to it. It's still nice to have because it's just like an extension of the puppy. You can grab it if you think the puppy is going to run off. And the goal is just to prevent those behaviors from ever even happening. Prevent digging in the yard by keeping a leash on and pull your dog away if they go to dig. Um, if they are like, if you want to practice loose leash walking, just put the puppy on a long lead and let the long lead drag behind you. That's one of my favorite things to do with puppies. Um, but you want as much structure now because that will equal more freedom later on. So you want to keep 
the structure on. You want to keep the leash on. You want to keep them on a schedule for as long as possible to prevent bad behaviors from ever even developing. A lot of bad behaviors can be prevented if people just keep the leashes on their dogs for longer. People think that their dogs are ready to be off leash when they're not, and so they take the leash off and then their dog makes mistakes. Their dog won't come to them when called. Their dog will go into another room and pee in the corner. Their dog will counter surf. Their dog will get into the trash can. And that's simply because you aren't adding enough structure into the dog's day. Your dog doesn't know how it needs to behave until you teach it how it needs to behave. So if your dog is counter surfing, it's because you've allowed the dog to counter surf. If your dog is climbing up on tables, it's because you've allowed your dog to climb up on the table. And then that's going to be a problem behavior that you have to work through instead of just preventing the behavior in the first place. So the more structure that you have in the early stages of the puppy, the more freedom you're going to have. A well-behaved dog gets to travel with you. A well-behaved dog gets to go to lunch with you. A well-behaved dog gets to just do way more things than a dog who was not taught how to behave. So Be really strict with your dog in the beginning. Don't allow any nonsense to happen and you'll have a cool dog later on that can do more things with you. All right, number nine, teach your puppy how to look to you. So you should be the most interesting thing to your puppy. All the good things should come from you. Affection, um, food, play, freedom, all of those things should come from you and the puppy should have to go to you to get those things. So if you leave your puppy out with a bunch of toys and let them have as much freedom as possible, they don't have to go to you for those things. You want your puppy to look to you as the most interesting person in the world. So to give you an example, I was watching someone who was doing a puppy class and they were trying to, I don't actually know what they were attempting to do. I think they were attempting to teach puppies to be cool around other dogs and like distractions walking by. Um... (laughs) And so what they were doing is they were rewarding the puppies for looking at people and like looking at loud noises or um, I had a person reach out to me telling me that their dog was scared of cars. And so every time a really loud car would drive by, they would be like, good job, good job. And then give them like a really tasty reward. Um, I hate that. (laughs) Because you shouldn't teach your dog, like you shouldn't reward your dog for looking at anything but you. Um, You want the focus of your dog to be on you. Anytime they are unsure of something, they shouldn't look to another dog or another person. You want to reward them for looking back at you. So everything that I train with puppies is training them to look to me. Look to me for direction. If you're ever unsure, look to me. Sit down and give me eye contact. Instead of in this puppy class, they were rewarding for the puppies looking at these distractions. Where, for me, that's not what I want. I want a puppy who looks to me if they're ever feeling unsure. Instead of fixating on whatever distraction it is. And I really do see a lot of people try way too hard with like counter conditioning, I guess. Counter conditioning is just when you're trying to make like a negative experience a positive one. And I just think that that is not, that's not the move. I think that you should teach your dog how to be neutral around loud noises and not like get excited because of a piece of food. And sometimes like when you're rewarding a dog who is anxious around a new thing or or a car or a busy road, you're just rewarding that anxious state of mind. So instead of rewarding the dog looking to the other dog or the dog looking to the car or the dog looking away from you, you always should reward the dog for looking to you. So for puppies, I reward a puppy anytime they sit and look up at me. The puppy sits 
They look up, yes, good job, and then I'll give them a piece of food. So what happens is then I have a puppy who anytime they don't know what to do, they're going to walk up, sit down, and look up at me. That's the kind of behavior that I want to condition. I don't want to condition a dog to look outside of me, to look to other distractions. I want a confident dog, but when they're not confident, they look to me. They don't look to the outside world. All right, last one. Uh, Don't take away your guidance and structure too soon. This is probably the biggest thing. So many people want to rush getting away from the crate and want to rush getting their dog off leash. But the longer time that you spend with a crate schedule, with keeping a leash on in the house, the, the more conditioned your dog will be to doing those things properly. A lot of people can prevent so many problems with their dog if they just gave their dog the structure and kept with it. People don't want to hear that. They want to hear like a quick fix to their solutions. My dog is countersurfing. How do I get my dog to stop countersurfing? Well, why was your dog given the opportunity to countersurf? Why was your dog out of the crate if you know that they are going to get on the counter when you're not watching them? If your dog jumps up on guests, why don't you have the leash on when someone comes over? A lot of people want to just take away the leash, take away the crate, and have a dog that is independent on their own without teaching the dog how they need to be. Dog training and puppy training is a process and it does not happen overnight and it's a lot of problem solving. But if you have those tools and you if you have your structures in place, then you're going to prevent a lot of the problem behaviors that I see often with dog owners. So those are my 10 puppy truths. I ran through those pretty quick, but I hope that kind of sets the tone for what I personally do with puppies. Now, there's a whole bunch of resources out there, um, but I learned a lot of my puppy training from the monks of New Skeet. They have a few books. Um, The first one that I recommend is called The Art of Raising a Puppy. And then the second, second one is called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. So the art of raising a puppy really walks you through everything of raising a puppy, how to feed your puppy, how to teach your puppy to be calm, how to play with your puppy, how to walk your puppy, like everything. If you have a puppy and you want to do that research on your own, then I suggest you read that book. And then once the puppy's a little bit older, I suggest reading How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. Uh, Just because I like that one, it goes, it's more general concepts instead of just focused so much on puppies. Um, But your biggest takeaway from this should be you need to create your puppy more. I don't know who you are or where you're at in the world, but you need to create your puppy more. That's a big part of what dog trainers do is we crate train. We teach the dog how to sit still, how to just chill out and do nothing because so many dogs and so many puppies are just constantly entertained all the time and then they don't know how to just sit and chill and hang out. All right, so I'm going to run through some questions that I got on Instagram. I think I covered a lot of them. But I did get a few really good ones. The first one is, when should I start training my puppy? So training starts with your puppy the day your puppy goes home. You are setting the tone for what that puppy is going to be allowed to do in your house. So if you don't want your adult dog on furniture, then you should not let your puppy up on the furniture. If you do not want your adult dog to jump up on guests, then you should not let your puppy jump up on guests. If you don't want your guests picking up your adult dog, then you should not let them just run in and pick up your puppy. You can play with the puppy on the floor and all of that, but if this young dog is taught to like get excited and that they're going to be picked up when someone comes inside, then you're going to have an adult dog who will do the same thing. And it might be cute and fun while they're little, but then when they get older, it's not going to be so cute and fun and you'll get upset at the dog. And that's not fair because that's not how you trained the dog to be. So, uh, 
Yeah. Training starts the day the puppy comes home. Set the standard for what the puppy will be allowed to do throughout the puppy's life. It's not just a puppy. It's a dog. It is going to be a dog and you need to be prepared for that. And you need to prepare the puppy for the adult dog that they are going to be. Um, And then another question that I got kind of along the same lines is... um, what's like the first thing that I teach puppies? So the first thing that I typically do is I teach the puppy engagement. I teach the puppy to look to me for every good thing in life. So I'll put the puppy on a leash, have the puppy walk over to me as soon as they look up at me. Yes, good job. And then I'll give them a piece of food. They'll look up at me. Yes, good job. Give them a piece of food. So I'm teaching the puppy to look up and engage with me. That's always the first thing that I teach puppies. Um, And then from there, I'll usually teach some kind of leash pressure. I like to use slip leads for younger puppies, um, but I just teach the puppy how to give into that leash pressure so that I can use that leash throughout our training. I can teach them to give in instead of push against that leash pressure. So all that looks like is, let's say you're walking with your puppy, they go out ahead a little bit, you can guide them to you. As soon as they give in to that leash pressure, yes, good job, and reward that. So reward anytime they move towards you with that leash. Anytime they look up at you, reward that. Now, I will do this for a pretty long time um, because you can train a puppy like this in a bunch of different environments. You can do the same type of training, that leash work and the engagement work at Home Depot. You can do it at lunch with your friends. You can do it at a busy park. So I like to take that engagement and put it in as many situations as possible in the early stages of the dog's life. I do not focus on obedience commands. It's fine if you do, but that should not be the answer to all of your problems. The first thing that you should do is teach the puppy to look to you anytime they're unsure and then start applying that to as many environments as possible. Um, So I typically don't teach obedience commands until mm, five months old usually. And the only reason is because there's so much work that you can do with socialization and engagement before obedience. And if you do all of that foundational work with your puppy, then when you go to teach obedience, it's going to be super simple because your puppy knows to look up at you, to follow your lead. Your puppy will know your marker words, what gets them a reward. So our marker words is that yes, we use that to mark those good behaviors that we want to see the puppy do. And so we teach them this language, this yes means a piece of food comes. Good means I get some affection. Um, No means something, uh, I did something bad because there's a loud noise or I get a pull on the leash. Like whatever the correction is, you want to pair it with the no because you're teaching the puppy what your language is going to be in the puppy's life. Um, And then later on, you can teach obedience, use your marker words to mark those commands like sit and down. But like I said, those aren't super necessary to having a chill adult dog. What is super necessary is that you focus on training the state of mind instead of just the actions. I always focus on conditioning a calm puppy over doing active training. So those active training sessions are really fun and they can build engagement and build new skills, but that's not really like the bread and butter of where you're going to see the biggest difference in your life with your puppy. What really makes the biggest difference is your daily routines, being mindful of when you give your puppy affection, being mindful of when you reward your puppy, what mental state they're in, being mindful of practicing downtime, and just making sure that everyone in your household is on the same page and understands what is expected of the puppy. And that's really what I do with my daily training clients. I have three puppy people right now and I honestly started daily training because of puppies. I just found that there were so many people out there with puppies who didn't know what they were doing, were looking for help, but trainers were basically saying, 
oh, I'm sorry, when the puppy turns six months old, then we can do training. But there's so much work that can be done before that. So that's why I started doing daily training. And that's where I get all of my experience working with puppies. And really the biggest thing that I see is people take off the leash too soon. People take away the crate schedule too soon and they don't create their puppies enough. So focus on those things. Focus on socializing your puppy, getting your puppy out in public, getting them I love Home Depot because there's lots of beeping and rolly carts and it's a it's a very loud, sometimes scary place for dogs. So if you can teach them to hang out there and to be cool around all of those loud noises and carts and beeping, then they're going to be pretty chill in a lot of other places. So that's my biggest my biggest takeaway from this is really socialize and crate train. Socialize and crate train. That's your that's your successful puppy recipe. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was quite the long rant, but I think it was really necessary. And please rate and review. Leave me some comments on this and let me know if you all have any puppy questions. I can go through and answer those and also kind of answer them on my Instagram as well. So if you don't know where to find me, I am on Instagram at The Everyday Trainer. And you can also go to my website, TheEverydayTrainer.com. I'm in the process of um, uploading all of my ebooks. I finally finished writing all of those. Those are going to be up on the website very, very soon, along with a store where you can purchase all of the training tools that you need. Long leads, slip leads, snap leashes, prong collars, e-collars, all of that is going to be on in the store and we're going to have packages and it's going to be great. And that's coming soon. I promise. Um, this is just one of those things that you never really know how long it's going to take until you, uh, start making all the steps. So things have definitely been delayed because of COVID. It's taken me a long time to get my prong collars and my e-collars in the mail. And a lot of things are either sold out or on back order. So that's kind of why I've been slow and haven't announced anything on my Instagram just yet. But if you're listening to this, you are in and you're like in on it. So you'll know before anyone else. And I am going to do some giveaways for my ebooks and um, training packages. So stay tuned for that. I'm hoping at the end of the month, I'll be able to announce that. But it really just depends on when I'm able to get everything in the mail. So thank you so much for listening and being here. Love you so much. It really does mean the world to me that you're here. So thank you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, rest of your week, whatever day it is that you're listening to it. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will meet you back here next week.